Kike Hernandez was traded to the Dodgers for two strong pitching prospects. Why can this trade be a win-win for both teams? Find out on today's episode of Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox. Thanks for making the show your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Appreciate you making the Locked On Podcast Network your first listen of every day. Here to bring you more Boston Red Sox talk Monday through Friday. Starting with the biggest talk of the day today, Kike Hernandez finally ships out of Boston. The Red Sox announced yesterday that he was traded to the Dodgers for two pitching prospects. Honestly, I do have to start by saying, obviously, Kike was a great person. I loved his personality, loved having him in Boston as a person, I think, from a clubhouse standpoint and team camaraderie. He was good to have here. But he really was just not performing and not playing well. His Batting statistics were not good. He had the worst WAR in baseball at negative 0.7. Basically, if you if, if you don't know, WAR basically means how many wins can your team get above what they would get if they had a replacement player playing that position. So essentially taking Kike out of the situation and putting in a replacement player. How many more wins are the Red Sox getting by having Kike there? And it was a negative number. So that is very, very bad. It just goes to show basically how little value he provided for the Red Sox. So obviously it made sense to move him. I wasn't sure ultimately if the Red Sox would end up DFAing him or trading him. I'm glad they chose the latter because they were able to get something out of it. And it was something that they needed. So from a Dodgers standpoint, I think this really works out for them because they can use Kike off the bench. And since he is a utility player, he can play different positions from them. Primarily, I would recommend the outfield since he's struggled in the infield this year, but he's familiar with LA. They're familiar with him and maybe they can kind of get him back into a routine of playing better baseball and maybe Boston just wasn't it for him. And that can be the case with some players. The environment isn't always right. Um, So, you know, I wish him the best of luck in LA. I think when it came to him playing in Boston, you know, it just really wasn't a good fit. Um, And, you know, when you think about the overall current situation, the Red Sox really needed pitching depth. Um, so they were able to get some pitching depth in this trade. What they got back from the Dodgers was two pitching prospects. Nick Robertson, who is the number 25 
prospect in the Dodgers system right now, which does kind of say a lot because the Dodgers have a very, very strong farm system. He's a six foot five, 265 pound righty. He has a good fastball change up and slider. Um, the fastball averages about 94.7 miles an hour. Um, he's made nine appearances at the major league level for the Dodgers this season, which is good because he has the experience up um, at the major league level in those nine outings. He allowed 10 runs, seven of them being earned, 17 hits and four walks while striking out 13 and 10 in the third innings. So those are pretty decent numbers. And also, you know, he spent a lot of his time in AAA, obviously, this season and went 2-0 and with a 254 earned run average and had 42 strikeouts and nine walks and 27 relief appearances only holding opponents to a 184 batting average. So he definitely has potential. I think he has a high ceiling. Um, And the Red Sox definitely needed some right-handed pitching depth in the bullpen. So I really like the move from that standpoint that they were able to acquire somebody who has had the experience and has gotten his feet wet at the major league level. So the Red Sox can hopefully use him as, you know, a depth piece in the bullpen. The other pitcher they got in the trade I believe has a little bit of a lower ceiling, but could be, you know, somebody they could develop and really could be a reliable bullpen piece later on. Justin Hagenman, um, 26 year old, uh, six foot three, 205 pound righty. Um, you know, so both of these guys are, um, you know, bigger guys, which is good for the Red Sox. Um, he's never pitched in the majors. But he has a 278 earned run average in 25 outings over five starts in AAA this season. He also recorded 60 strikeouts and 11 walks in 55 innings, and opponents hold a 230 batting average against him. He does have good command, which is good, and he throws a two seam fastball that averages somewhere between 92 to 94. And he often, um, you know, it causes right-handed hitters to chase his slider, which goes about 83 to 86 miles an hour. Um, so his changeup, I also understand, has started to develop, especially against lefties. It can be really effective. So I don't think the um, you know upside to him will be something um, we see right away. I think um, you know, I think the difference between him and Robertson is that Robertson will have more of an immediate effect effect on what the Red Sox are trying to do. Whereas Hagenman might need some time to develop in the Red Sox system, but either way, I think both of these pitchers can really, really help provide that bullpen depth that the Red Sox have been longing. They're also sending some cash to the Dodgers. They're coughing up um, a little over $2 million of Kike's remaining salary that he's owed, um, which isn't bad at all. I think, you know, this trade could really be a win-win for everybody. Kike showed that he was comfortable in L.A. We definitely owe him a thank you for his big 2021 um, season, especially in that postseason run when the Red Sox went all the way to the ALCS. He was a huge part of that. But over the last couple of years, it was really becoming evident that, Boston was just no longer a good fit for him. I think he enjoyed some of his teammates he played with in Boston. I know he and Alex Cora had a good relationship, but Alex Cora did ultimately say he would have loved to keep Kike at training camp and work with him at shortstop um, during spring training. 
as opposed to having him play in the World Baseball Classic. Um, so I think ultimately, you know, when it comes to Kike, I'm wishing him the absolute best of luck in L.A., but this is a move that needed to happen, especially with Pablo Reyes coming back and the Red Sox having a bit of an overload in the infield. It was time to part ways with somebody, and Kike ultimately was the choice that made the most sense because he was struggling, and the Red Sox, you know, have story coming back too. So I think they'll see this as an overall better situation, and they were able to address a need that they needed. So I'm excited for these two pitchers. I'm excited to see their potential in the Red Sox system. Nick Robertson especially, I think there's a chance we see him have major league time this season out of the bullpen, and obviously the Dodgers have some great prospects in their system, so I trust that they've done a lot to really develop him as a player. So I'm excited to see how that translates into a Boston uniform. But overall, I like the trade for the Red Sox. I think it was something that needed to happen. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys can do. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about John Schreiber. He is back. He did pitch an inning last night against the Braves. So I'm going to be talking about what his return really means for the Red Sox moving forward. So, you know, obviously we all love fantasy. And I am a huge, huge fan of fantasy baseball. I think it's a lot of fun and it's cool to really see um, your team dominate. Uh, And if your team isn't dominating, it is not so fun. But Sleeper has you covered for all things fantasy baseball. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So there's a lot that this app can do. Um, You know, basically there's great fantasy related picks that you can make if you're confident in one of your starting pitchers going the distance in a game, throwing seven or eight shutout innings. Sleeper can definitely help guide you through if you should start that pitcher or not based on how they've been pitching. Use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. It really is great and it'll really help you out with anything fantasy baseball related. So I highly recommend checking it out and using the promo code LOCKDOWN. So last night, John Schreiber returned for the Red Sox. They had him opening the game, which I feel like is a lot to ask for a pitcher who just came off of the IL and hasn't pitched since middle of May. Um, So it's been a while for him since he really saw live hitting, um, and the Red Sox decided to make him the opener for the game. They've been going with a lot of openers lately because of pitching injuries and just not really having a consistent fourth or fifth starter right now, which I'm hoping gets addressed in the next few days before the trade deadline. But they brought Schreiber in to open against the Braves, which is is a tough ask because the Braves are one of the best teams in baseball right now. Well, they currently are the best team, and they put up a lot of runs. They have a really, really good offense that's hard to pitch against. So that's a high-pressure situation to put Schreiber in. I would understand bringing him into a game when the Red Sox have a nice cushion and are maybe up by five or six runs and it's later in the game and you bring him in for his first stint back from the injured list. That is a little more understandable, but to bring him in to open a game against the best team in baseball right now, that's really clicking on all cylinders and expect him to open the game and start off strong against them is a tough ask. 
Um, he did okay. He definitely could have been better. Had a little bit of trouble with his command in the game. Um, he lasted one inning and he gave up two hits and one earned run in that period, also with a walk. Um, there was actually a funky double play that ultimately got him out of the inning. So ultimately, Azuna hit a ball to Arroyo and Arroyo caught it, but it looked like it had bounced and Arroyo scooped it up. So then um, he went to second base, which wasn't able to record it out on the base, but ultimately he didn't have to because they reviewed the play after and he did end up catching it. But Austin Riley was on third at the time and thought that Arroyo had scooped up the ball. So he went to score, but he never tagged up at third because he didn't think he needed to because he didn't realize the ball was caught. So they ended up replaying the whole thing and ended up calling Austin Riley out because he never tagged up at third. So that ended up getting the Red Sox out of the inning because it was an inning ending double play. So it was a little bit funky, but it definitely was a gift for Schreiber because he was in a jam and it got him out of the inning and ultimately only one run was given up. So it could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, on the season, he's 1-0 with a 250 earned run average and 21 strikeouts, over 19 appearances that he's made prior to getting injured. Um, so him coming back will be really good for the bullpen. He's been very good over the last couple seasons overall with the team. Um, so I really like what I've seen from him. He's provided a lot of value for the Red Sox in the outings that he's had um, between last season and this season. I think he was just, you know, back in a situation where he needed to get his feet wet. So I'm not concerned about how he looked last night. I think it was just good for him to really get back out there and be able to um, showcase his skills even more and, come back out and say, I'm still here. And ultimately it's another body for the Red Sox to throw out there because obviously we've seen a lot of guys get reps this season. And especially when players like Justin Garza has been struggling and Brandon Walter is finding his footing still, it's really good to have somebody like Schreiber back who's had the experience and has pitched a lot for the Red Sox over his tenure out of the pen and we know that he's overall reliable so he is a guy who should be able to um you know pitch more um since he only pitched one inning he'll be able to be available and it's just a representation of things coming together for the red sox obviously they've dealt with a lot of injuries this season schreiber being one of them and him being able to come back from the injured list and perform for the red sox um can be huge i think um you know, for him, I'm looking at the situation as this is kind of a win for the Red Sox because even if he comes back and he's not the John Schreiber that he was prior to going on the injured list, at least he's still going to provide some value and he's going to be another arm to throw out of the pen to relieve some of the other guys and give them extra rest. So there's not really a possibility of this being a downside for the Red Sox unless he absolutely just stinks it up in a lot of his outings moving forward, which I don't see happening. He is a good pitcher. He's one of my favorite Red Sox pitchers out of the pen. Um, so I think if, you know, he can continue to do what he's been doing and be consistently reliable for the team, that's only going to be a win for the Red Sox. He has been super good 
over his tenure overall. Um, so I think last night the situation they threw him in was a lot to ask, but it could be good from a confidence standpoint. You know, I could see the Red Sox logic behind doing that, maybe putting him in the game um, as an opener to kind of boost his confidence. And also, um, you know, since it's been a while since he's pitched, he obviously had a short leash last night. So if he went in there and gave up five or six runs in the first inning and absolutely got lit up, the injured list and kind of how they had to work him in moving forward. Um, so I like that they dipped his feet in. I didn't necessarily think it would be at the spot that it was in. I thought it might have been later in the game. Um, if they gave him a chance because the Red Sox did win the game um, by a good, good, uh, you know, distance. So throwing him into the game later on, I think might've made more sense if they had a nice cushion and he could have afforded to give up a couple runs or look a little bit rusty, but obviously it worked out in the Red Sox favor with the defense kind of coming through and them getting a little bit of a gift to end that first inning. But I'm excited to have him back. I think, like I said, it could be huge from a bullpen rest standpoint because some of these other guys have been pitching a lot as of late and seeing a lot of time on the mound. So if they're making a playoff push, they don't want to um, tire out some of these relievers who could be huge down the stretch to help them get to the playoffs. And also when they're in the postseason, if they get there, they're going to need some of these arms to really be effective um, at that point. So to be able to add somebody else into that mix who we know has been reliable is going to be huge. So it was nice to see him back out on the mound, even though that first inning was kind of wild and kind of stressful. I really am happy to have him back and I expect big things from him and have high hopes for him as he continues to progress with the Red Sox and continues to contribute because I think he's going to be a huge asset to the team as they get into these last couple months of the season. And it really is crunch time and winning games and winning series are crucial. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about some of the standouts in last night's game. The Red Sox had a great seven to one win against the Braves who, like I mentioned before, are currently the best team in baseball. So I'm going to be going over, um, you know, what that looked like, who the top contributors contributors were. Don't forget to follow other Locked On shows. Don't forget to lock, check out Locked On MLB Prospects if you want to learn more about the players that the Red Sox got back in the trade with the Dodgers. Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects has you covered. He's very, very knowledgeable about farm systems and about the progression of players in the minor league system. So be sure to tune in to Locked On MLB Prospects where he'll be reacting to the Kike Hernandez trade and what it means for the Red Sox. What do you really expect from, you know, those two pitchers? What should we be looking out for and expecting from them? What really is their ceiling? How much potential do they have? So Lindsey Crosby has you covered on all of that. And also check out Locked on MLB as we get closer and closer to people clinching spots and teams fighting for wild card spots. Locked on MLB is your place to find out 
everything you need to know about other teams that the Red Sox are playing and really be able to get a sense of, um, you know, how good are their chances to really get a playoff spot. So check out Locked on MLB, check out Locked on MLB prospects and follow Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform for free. You can check it out. Be sure to continue to download and subscribe, share the show with family and friends and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10 and continue the conversation that way of, um, you know, really talking about all things Boston Red Sox because I always enjoy the constant conversation. So the Red Sox came out with a really good win in the series opener against the Braves last night. Um, You know, several contributors, the bullpen continues to be fantastic. They've been really good as of late overall. Um, Nick Pavetta obviously is a changed man since going into the bullpen. He threw five innings last night, only giving up three hits and zero earned runs with a walk and I'm recording five strikeouts. I don't know what it is, but something about the conversation he had with Alex Cora about moving to the bullpen worked because this guy has just been lights out out of the pen. I think he really found his place on this team and I've said it once already, but I'm really, really happy that the Red Sox didn't give up on him and they found another place to put him before doing that because bullpen Nick Pavetta is somebody we absolutely need. He's so much different than he was as a starter. His confidence looks so much better. He's getting the job done and he's really, really fooling hitters and pitching lights out truly for lack of a better way of putting it. He's just been so reliable out of the pen and it's nice that we get longevity from him because he's a starter turned reliever. He's able to give you quite a few innings, which gives the rest of the bullpen rest. So every time Nick Pavetta is out there out of the pen, you know, we can trust that for the most part, he's going to get the job done and he's going to be able to coast through and pitch a lot of innings, which really helped last night because Alex Cora didn't have to use a lot of arms. So after Schreiber's eventful first inning, he brought in Nick Pavetta and he just really coasted through to give five strong innings after that. So he gets a lot of credit for it. Um, Jolie Rodriguez came in and pitched two innings, giving up three hits and zero runs too. He's been really good since coming off the IL. I think he's shown a lot of improvement since prior to his injury. Um, So it's been good to have him here and have him pitching out of the pen because he's definitely been pretty valuable overall. So he contributed by pitching a couple innings. And then also Blyer and Martin, they each pitched and gave up no runs. They didn't pitch um, for as long, but both of them have been pretty good. I mean, I've said so many times how high I am on Chris Martin. I think he's been great for the Red Sox. Um, and you know, he just is the type of pitcher that when he comes out onto the mound, you are happy to see him out there. He comes into a lot of close games and is able to get the job done, get out of, um, base traffic and can really be relied upon to pitch in situations where the Red Sox really need him. So I really like Chris Martin. I'm a huge fan, ton of props given to him. So the bullpen in general really last night did their job in a bullpen game. And that's all you can really ask for from them. When you're, when you don't have a real starter going out there and you're relying on the bullpen for the whole game to carry you um, and they're able to get the job done. That's great. I mean, holding the Braves offense to one run over the entirety of the game is really impressive. This is an offense that's used to putting up a lot of runs every night, 
Um, and for the Red Sox bullpen to come in and after the first inning pitch a shutout the rest of the game speaks volumes to the potential of this Red Sox bullpen. And that bullpen, to me, if they are able to hold the best offense in baseball right now to zero runs, that, to me, speaks volumes and says a lot about a, a playoff caliber bullpen. It's hard for me to argue that they're not. I mean, again, John Schreiber, to me, once again, gets a pass because it was his first inning back, for, first outing back from the IL. And pitching one inning and giving up one run is fine. But if you even take that out of the situation to give up zero runs, very, very impressive by the bullpen. And obviously, Yoshida just continues to make his case for American League Rookie of the Year. He went three for four last night with a two-run home run. He just continues to absolutely mash. You know what you're getting from him. You know he's going to consistently hit. And he's been just such a great player and a surprise in the best way possible because obviously coming into the season, we weren't sure how he was going to perform um, and how Boston was going to be for him environment-wise. But he's really, really taken everything in stride. He's very clearly adapted to Major League Baseball and playing in Boston. And the numbers he's putting up are really, really a true testament to the type of player he is. He's versatile, he's athletic, and he just continues to hit. So he deserves a lot of credit for continuing to be consistent and keep the Red Sox in games. Even when the offense is struggling, he's still hitting. So he's always a bright spot, regardless of how the Red Sox are playing. So I'm a huge Yoshida fan over here. Once again, delivered last night. Duran continues to be on a hot streak, too. You know, he's just really seemed to have figured it out at the plate. Went one for four with an RBI last night. Um, so Jaron Duran you know, whatever it is, he figured something out at the plate and it's really, really showing because he's just been so good for the Red Sox. And I hope that this continues. And especially now with Kike gone, it should give him more playing opportunity because obviously the Red Sox were a bit cramped and it was hard to get everybody on the field with Kike here. Um, so now that Kike is gone, it should be able to give Duran more consistent playing time in the outfield, which is huge for him because the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. Um, so I'm really excited about Duran. I think he's just been so good to have here, and I'm excited to see him continue to develop and continue to put up these types of numbers because he's in for a really good career if he does. Justin Turner also went one for three with two runs scored last night. I always say this, but he truly is one of the most, you know, just experienced and disciplined hitters in baseball. He'll make pitchers work. He'll always find a way to get on base the majority of the time, or even if he's not getting on base, a lot of times he'll have a productive at bat anyway, whether that's, you know, um, striking out or flying out, but running up the pitch count, or he hits a sacrifice fly to score a run. So most of the time with Justin Turner's at bats, it's something productive. And that's what makes for a really good hitter because so many hitters just don't really know their plate identity or aren't sure what pitches to swing at. But the fact that he's able to make something happen and make an impact in the majority of his at-bats, that's exactly the type of hitter you want on your team. And I am so happy to have Justin Turner. I feel lucky that he is here because he delivers – really the majority of the time. And he has been just a diamond in the rough because um, we knew what he's been doing throughout his career. But I think there was some worry that he was going to be a little bit 
you know, washed up at this point in his career, maybe struggle a bit, but that is so far from the case. He is just the perfect DH slash platoon infielder. Um, he's played first base. He's played third base. He's played second base and he does it all in stride. He doesn't, you know, complain about anything. He does whatever needs to be done to put the team in a position to win. And those characteristics are exactly what make for a good team leader. So we're lucky to have Justin Turner here. He's just so good. And again, performed last night. So the Red Sox are really, really, you know, showing that they can play. And that's what makes losses like that series loss against um, the A's that much worse because if they can beat teams like the Braves, they should be able to win series against Oakland. And obviously again, it's baseball. So you never really know. Um, But it is truly frustrating because imagine how many more wins they'd have if they won those series that they should be in winning against teams like the A's and the Pirates and the Cardinals. So teams like that, that they should be beating and they didn't beat, you know, you look back and it's frustrating and it's a what it could have showed us situation. And at this point, it just is what it is. But I do wish they had pulled together a few more wins, because if they had pulled together a few more wins, then, um, you know, they'd be in a much better spot right now. But they're very much still in wild card contention. I hope that continues and they get a win tonight, because if they sweep the Braves in this two game series, that would be ideal. Even if they lose, I said before the series started that I'd be perfectly okay with a split against the Braves. And they've already, um, you know, they've already clinched that at least. So just continue to play good baseball is all we can really ask for. It's back to the West coast this weekend to play the giants. So let's just take care of business. Um, hope to get another win tonight against Atlanta. Cause that would be huge, but just keep winning series. That's what has to happen here. Just keep winning series and taking it one day at a time. And we'll see what happens. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Red Sox and making it your first listen of every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut. I will catch you on the flip side.